I've winged my entire life. <laughs> Yo. Word. That's a good way to I look at it. I feel that shit. No, I've, I've literally winged every presentation I've ever had to do in school, even in college. Like, I would never study for it. I would just, like, make my shitty PowerPoint, not practice, and just do it. And I, it, <laughs> I don't, it never goes well. I don't know why I always do that. <laughs> You'd think you'd learn. I did that when I fucking, I hosted panels at HalCon, and I winged all of those, too. Man, that just must mean you've got, like, just, like, a certain, like, charisma and, like, public speaking capability that you can just bullshit for an hour. Or, like, you know, just, like, fill that time and, like, make it entertaining, you know? Hey, I'm Fingers. Hey, everyone. This is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. I mean, having Brady with me kind of, like, made it easy because we would just get mad at each other the whole time, and that would just be funny, so we didn't actually have to, like, think of anything to say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude, Brady's hilarious. He seems like a good guy to, like, bounce off of, like, comedically for sure. Yeah, Brady is, like, he's, like, one of the most, like, just naturally funny people I've ever met. Yeah. Today on the show, coming to us live from Canada, we have James Lowell, creator of the web series Nitro Rad and the comedy channel Goranicor. How's it going today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I just kind of finished editing a bunch of stuff all day, and now I'm on a podcast with you and me <laughs> and two other people that I don't know. Hell yeah. So should we all introduce ourselves or something first? I don't know anybody Yeah, you don't know these guys. Except, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, this isn't uh, awkward in the slightest. We, we just start talking to you and like pretend like nothing happened. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, how you been? How's your family? I haven't seen uh, you in forever. Uh, don't read into I that. I haven't seen you, period. <laughs> <laughs> Nitroid, he does like a lot of Metal Gear coverage. I don't know if you've you know followed him and seen any of his stuff online. Uh, I've seen uh, on the Solid Snake Facebook page. I've seen some like posts are by yeah. a man by the name of Nitroid, and I okay. assume that is this man. This is the legend himself. Hello, hello. The, the the only thing you might have ever known me from is uh, an old website that I used to run called Metal Gear Solid, the unofficial site. But that's a long time ago. Yeah, I don't know if I ever would have seen that. Yeah, it's okay. You guys are a lot older than me, I think. Yeah. I got into Metal Gear when I was in my teens, and that would have been like 2010 for me. Got some youngins on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hurt me again. It was painful last time. It's painful this time. Oh. Yeah, I'm only 26. Well, I'm not like super duper young, but. Yeah. Still not oh, yeah. too bad. I got kids, man. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, like I'm I'm at the point where my friends are starting to have kids and it's weird. Yeah. It's cool though. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have Days over here. Uh she's been in like the Metal Gear like meme community for a long time. I uh I met her on Tumblr like just through random shit posting and stuff and then oh, she man, heard about Tumblr. the uh Fiddle remix and was like Hey, wait, you live in the same state I do. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, I'm playing a show in a little while. You should come out. And we met through that way. So it seems like uh, the Fiddles relationship here. We got a little... Got a little comment. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how how we met. Yeah, was that. We actually had a big old scuffle. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, over that. We should talk about that. Yeah, that was right when Ground Zeroes had first came out. So that was 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was in my first year of college. I was like... 
barely 19 and I was still like young and naive and I just thought like memes were synthesized by the internet. I never like considered that like this was made by a person. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, Fingers. What up? This has me thinking, how the hell did we meet? Because I legitimately don't remember. I think it was through the Solid Snake page. Was that it? Yeah. Was it I'm, was it really I'm, just that time I started yelling at a dude and then we like just started you, talking? It, it Like, you were just, like, a frequent commenter on there. And every time I saw your name, like, I kind of would, like, pay attention, you know, like, who would pop in and stuff. And I, I would see your name. And, like, every time you would talk, I'd be like, I like what that guy just said. And, like, <laughs> I would just, like, you know, like, I would, I would physically like it on Facebook and, like, didn't really say too much. But then, like, there were a couple times where, like, I would be having an argument and you would come in. And most of the time, like, you would just be like, yep, what, yeah, what he's saying is right. But then uh, right you corrected on. me on the whole uh, dominant recessive genes thing that I was arguing for 24 hours and that got turned into a snake soup article. And then it uh, didn't even end up mattering. Yeah, I was like, why the fuck are we arguing about genes after Kojima made a whole game about genes not mattering? Yeah, I mean, that's more or less yeah. it. I think it's that was something I was thinking about uh, the other day, actually, where like everyone's like the theme of Metal Gear Solid 1 is genes, but it's like, I like to think it's more complicated than that. I don't think like... If you write themes in a game, you're not just, you know, the whole point of themes is you play it and you figure out what it is. The director just tells you what the themes are. You know, it's not just like, again, it doesn't matter. The, the really what's there is it's about finding purpose. I always kind of felt, you know. Yeah. Like Snake's like, I am a gun. That's the only thing he knows how to do. And he's got to <laughs> figure out how the fuck to, you know, deal with that in his own weird way. Yeah. For yeah. sure. But, yeah, uh, I, to to reduce it down to like one word for sure. It's it's it can definitely be like a big theme yeah. that wraps around it all. Uh, Nitro, yeah. you've like kind of pointed how that all like in the what was it in the fourth game that it didn't really have one, but it was kind of yeah, like the it's, self. Are you are you really mm. going to get me talking about Metal Gear Solid Four right off the bat? <laughs> I don't even figure just jump right into it. Is that really what you're going to do? <laughs> all right. Um, so a little a little context here. Um, MGS Four and I we we got beef. I have some some deep deep issues with that game. I, I think I think many Metal Gear fans would agree. Um, yeah, the gist of it is that the the theme word of four is sense. Now that's a word that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. It doesn't have a concrete meaning. It could mean your literal senses, your five senses. Uh, it can mean or six, however many you want to say. It can mean your sense of will or your sense of purpose, or you can take it a step further and say it means something like your soul. It's kind of a nebulous term yeah. in that regard. And MGS4 deals very much with what can't be passed on or what shouldn't be passed on. And in a yeah. weird way, it seems like the game sort of communicates that by not communicating a clear theme, if that makes sense. Its point is to not make a point. Huh. Did I, did I lose you there? <laughs> I, think I, I think I might have gone off the deep end a little bit. <laughs> I said uh-huh, but I don't think Discord picked it up. Ah, okay. <laughs> gotcha. I'm trying to s sum up months of argumentation that I've had on this in like five seconds. It's not going well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely how we met was uh, through that page, just kind of talking uh, those points. Like uh, Nitro Rad was saying... God, I'm going to say Nitroid. Like, you should, you should call, you should, yeah, you should call me James just to avoid confusion. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to get confusing at all. Yeah. I, pr I prefer James anyway. Cool. I think like calling people by usernames is just something I never really got. Gotcha. But yeah, and then, so 
Yeah, you had made that like music video kind of that was just like a combination of memes and just yeah, used the film it was remix. Just, yeah, it was just like a shitty meme I made where yeah. <laughs> God, it was like it was like twenty. What was it? It was just like gotta burn this meme off the face of the planet, and it was just like snake killing annoying memes back when. That was something we complained like about. Rage faces and yeah, stuff like rage, like that. Like, yeah, like rage <laughs> comics. Remember when the popular thing was to be annoyed that rage comics exist because they're not funny and yeah. annoying, and that's what memes were. And it's like, uh, what a weird fucking thing to be mad about. Anyway, and then I made that yeah. stupid meme video, and I used that song, which, and I think I did just find that song on Tumblr. Actually, like weirdly enough, yeah, it did like just come out like that week. Like you were quick on it too. That's yeah. I was like still searching for it and stuff, and seeing what would pop up, and then something popped up, and I wasn't credited, and I was yeah. pissed. Yeah, because <laughs> like, didn't that video yeah. make it all the way to Kojima Productions too? Did it? I don't know. I'm really like, not sure. I thought you remember. I, th- I thought you said that they were playing it on one of the podcasts, or somebody showed. Um, Robin Eck and Downs yeah. one time was like, they, they said, how does it feel to be played like a damn fiddle? He was like, and how does it feels it really good. It feels to be played like a damn fiddle. <laughs> well, I brought some music um, to <laughs> try and explain that today, um, but we can't play it. Um, right issues. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. I remember this. I was like, no, you could have played no, it. No, no. <laughs> so, Kaz's voice actor is definitely aware of the fiddle meme and the remix, but uh, I think he just That's has to cool. kind of dance around it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, going back to, like, me taking that song, that was back in those, like, early internet days, or, like, or you know, when I was younger, more naive, I kind of, like, you view memes as just this weird thing that just the internet synthesizes. You don't consider that someone like took the time to make it and work on it. Yeah. And I didn't consider that at all. I didn't consider someone even made this. I just grabbed a thing I found off Tumblr and threw it on a thing. And then I start getting these comments being like, wow, not cool of you to take this guy's song, man. You should credit him. And I got, I was just like, this is the first time I've been called out for something on the internet. Cause this is before I had like an internet presence. I think this is before I even started the Nitrad channel. Mm. I was making, yeah, cause it was early college. I, I started Nitrad a couple months into college. But yeah, I started getting these comments and I was just getting mad. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And then we kind of like started <laughs> button heads. I was like, yeah, it wasn't nice for you to send your fans after me because I'm a fucking 19-year-old dipshit. <laughs> like, why would I react that way? Um, but yeah, then then we kind of like ended up just talking after that. Yeah. And I don't even remember what happened. Do you remember what the fuck happened after that? Yeah, not not really. I remember just being like, hey, man, you should credit me. And you're like, okay, I did it. Like, I definitely don't appreciate everybody being shitty with me. I was like, yeah. I can't control what they do, but I did say, hey, this guy's using my shit without permission or, like, without crediting me, and that kind of sucks. Yeah. And I think just, like, that's the thing about the internet, man, is, like, you can, like, say something, and then, like, your, like, your crowd or your audience or whatever you want to call it, they will go hard. Like, and you're like, Jesus, I did not mean for you guys yeah. to go that hard in. They're, like, sending people, death threats. You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are loyal in the worst of ways sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and then a few months later, he shot and directed an actual music video for the uh, Fiddle remix with uh, a couple of his buddies, and they, like, cosplayed, and it turned out really awesome. And uh, I think he did that for the film school project. But then he sent me the file, and that's sitting on my YouTube channel now. So, But this tension spiraled into a friendship. So yeah, it, it worked did. out. It did. Uh, well, I just want to make a quick thing. Like, 
sometimes it gets really bad in really weird ways. So like me and another YouTuber named Ant Dude, who also talks about platformers, uh, we did a collaboration, uh, I think about a year back, where I reviewed Rayman Arena and he reviewed some Rayman like edutainment games and we guested on each other's videos. Mm -hmm. But the whole bit was that we don't really like each other. So we kind of like got mad at each other sometimes. It was like it's supposed to be jokey and fun or yeah. whatever, you know, a cute like love-hate relationship where mm -hmm. we don't get along, like a buddy cop film or some shit. That was kind of what I was going for. Um and then we start getting these comments from these kids being like, yeah, and dude's such an asshole. I don't know why he's being so rude to you in this video, James. I'm going to go on hit. And then they start going to his video, leaving hateful comments. And people come from his video, leaving hateful comments to me because I was mean to him in his video. But it's like, do you guys not realize that if we work together, we had to have agreed to act like this <laughs> in each other's videos, like consensually as a joke? Like it's yeah. not real. It's a review. That parasocial relationship. It's it's wild. It's bizarre. You I can't expect it. people on the internet to actually think about things. No. It, it's no. especially weird with like <laughs> just doing like comedy and stuff like that and just like things where you have to just act a little bit. Like so many people just aren't on the wavelength that you're acting and just like yeah. take it for what it is. And it's like, wow, you are easily duped into like I, I could probably sell you something very easily. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever had that experience like at a convention? Like have you ever had somebody get like weirdly close or you know, something uh, awkward happened? I feel like every convention... Well, I've only been to three conventions where people recognize me. Because I haven't really been to that many since my channel got, like, you know, sizable. And, like, I feel like every convention there's one person. Uh, so <laughs> that means it's happened three times. Uh, it's It was never bad, though. One person almost followed me into a bathroom... But then I said, yeah, whatever. and then they're just kind of like, oh, okay, sorry. I don't and then they left. And they, like that felt like that was almost bad, but like not quite. But no, there's just like one where I was at one convention and like the person was just standing too close to me and was just talking and talking and talking about some game. And I was just kind of being, it wasn't a game I was terribly interested in, but they were just, they're just being nice. And I was being nice, but they're just too close to me. So I take a step back. Mm -hmm. And they take a step forward. Oh no! And you take a step back, and it's just like, what do you do? And then Dude. eventually, they just kind of wrapped up the conversation, said bye. I said thanks for talking to me. So it was cool. I haven't ever been anything really bad, but like, no, there's always people that just kind of don't get comfort zones. Like they don't get that they're a stranger to me, and they kind of like approach me as if like I'm their friend. Like I got really bad social anxiety, like cripplingly so. Like. Like, so bad that the first convention I got recognized at, the first three times people asked if I was Nitro Rat, I was so fucking scared I said no. Aww. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's so cute. Oh, yeah. Also, that last guy, he was the guy at anime clubs that was asking for a hug. Where's my hug? Oh, where's my hug? Oh, at? God. Yeah. Wearing the yeah. free hugs uh, sign. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like, it's one thing. Like, I think that's wholesome. It's cool. But people kind of need to want the hug. Yeah. That's gotta work out. If people don't want the hug, that's that's cool. Leave them be. It's a transaction. Exactly. It's definitely weird how like the, the yeah the social norms at conventions are just like pe people's social skills are definitely uh kind of lacking. You know. Yeah, I mean it's like not not to be mean, but it is like people with nerdier interests. I find uh, kind of, a lot of them grew up more to themselves. I mean, I was yeah. definitely like that. I was very right. into video games and nerdy shit. Oh, same, and, yeah. 
yeah, I didn't have like a lot of friends. I had like three close friends, uh, like growing up in elementary school, probably like less. I probably had less than 10 really close friends by the end of high school. So I wasn't like super social butterfly. So I, I, you know, I get it. I get it. And that's the thing with social anxiety is like, I have it too. And they're not considering that. So like at these, you know, these conventions, I'll be DJing and then people come up to the merch table and they're talking and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there like having my own little freak out, just like trying to be cool and have this friendly conversation. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's just like, it's gotten me a lot more comfortable being in that situation where there's those people is just like doing music. Uh, you know, I, I did it all through, all through school and just like performing and stuff. It's, you know, you just kind of get that, that used to being in front of a crowd feeling and, you know, DJing, you're just up there by yourself. It's like, all right, I either have to fake this or, you know, just get through it or whatever. (laughs) It's, and I'm definitely not calm when I'm up there. That's, you know, (laughs) it's like, you have to just kind of like put on a, a thing that makes you look like you're comfortable. You gotta, Um, you gotta put on a version of yourself. That's just like this wilder character. Yep. Yeah. It's like a slight exaggeration. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like when you slip into like a funnier version of yourself, then you feel a bit more comfortable. And that's kind of what I did learn to do over the course of that first convention. I was getting recognized. Like by, by the beginning, I was just so timid and scared of these people coming up to me. But then I just kind of learned not to take it too seriously. So, you know, yeah. people come up to me. I'm like, yo, what's Gucci, man? And, you know, I fumble <laughs> over my words. I know I'm socially awkward, but I just plow through it because I know that's silly. And I just harness that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll just be like, hey, watch this. My finger's been back. And just break yeah, oh, the yeah. Ice. yeah. God, I'm great to bust so out. <laughs> I'm so glad I was able to show everybody on my channel that. And at the end of that one April Fool's video, I don't know yeah. if it was the previous one or the one before that. Yeah, it was, that was like two years ago, I think, on the 2019. Yeah. Or, yeah. I think it's what we end on, isn't it? Doesn't it just end on you doing that and Brady and I scream and that's it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, out of, right after the uh, the unplugged performance with my Medicaid Oh, yeah, we're like, <laughs> yeah, because I literally stole that joke from Eric Andre where it's like, this guy unplugged where it's just, the, 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 the instrument's not plugged in, so it's not making any sound, but I just thought yeah. that was so fucking <laughs> funny and I thought like, yeah, Fingers is the DJ guy. That would be perfect for that. And plus, also, I kind of I kind of don't like using people's shit unless I can, like, put a face to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, my friend Kevin, he does a lot of, like, artwork for my channel and stuff. But I don't like this idea that, like, people see that art style and then they just think, oh, this is part of the Nitro Rad video. You know, I like saying the word Kevin out loud. You know, I like having, it says like fingers at the end of the end slate. And I like having you on because then you got to see who you were, what you look like. You're not just a, you know, a, just a name with the music. Now you yeah. see like, oh, there's a guy behind the table. And that kind of just kind of like brings that whole picture uh, together, completes it, you know. Plus you get to freak out a giant audience with that Ben trick. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just like, what the hell is that? That's got to be fun as hell. Yeah, the uh, yeah, that's something that's really cool that you do with your channel. Uh, that you're actually like you're actively thinking about that, about like including your contributors and you know yeah. people like that. And that's one thing that you've like you know going back to like how we first met. Like you've completely flipped and like learned from that. You're like, okay, yeah, credit's important. You know, there's people out here working oh, on stuff, yeah. and it's like you've gone out of your way to like make sure that you do that on like everything that I've done with you. So it's it's really cool that you do that. And that's the way it should be. Everybody needs to be doing that. But it's like, that's yeah, awesome that you do. I I really appreciate you saying that because like trying to be better is something I actively try to do because I know I'm not good at everything. I know I'm kind of shitty in certain ways, but like I don't you don't know you're shitty until like you figure that out. And then you yeah. can <laughs> do one of two things. You can get mad at the person who pointed it out. Or you can try to see things from their perspective and be like, you know what, maybe I got to reel myself back and reevaluate what I'm doing. 
And it's just been all these tiny experiences like that. I've made a lot of friends that way. Yeah. Uh, just like, I, I remember I used to be like, when I first started YouTube, I used to be like a little ruder to people commenting. And it just wasn't a good look. And you you figure that out and you're like, you know, just because someone disagrees with you doesn't mean that they're wrong. You know, I'm not always right. Yeah. Uh, and that's a mindset I'm kind of taken to the fullest extent with my, the current video I'm working on is Crash Bandicoot 4. So oh, like, yeah. I love platformer games. I feel like movement in platformers is like the one single thing I understand more than anything. And mm. I think it's just because I grew up like building shit so much with like, you know, like Lego, Bionicle, Kinects, Lincoln Logs. I like seeing stuff that can fit together. So when you think of like move sets and characters and you see how they move, you can piece that together with how the levels are designed. Mm. And uh, Crash Bandicoot, despite being such a platformer nerd, I don't like Crash Bandicoot at all. I never got it at all. I don't give a shit oh, really? about that fucking series. Yeah, not at all. And I know if I said that online, people would like eviscerate me. The platformer man doesn't like Crash Bandicoot. What the fuck? <laughs> so I, uh, I wanted to give Crash 4 a chance. Uh, I wasn't planning on reviewing it. But like Toys for Bob's doing it, and I really like their work on the Spyro trilogy. I thought that was super good. I like Spyro. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. had a blast with the I've... Spyro trilogy. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous game. And you can just tell they really love that series because the amount of work they put into it. Like in the original version, it was just like the same dragon you saved over and over, but they made like a, a different one for every they had, single one. Yes, yeah. and they had an outfit. They had a theme. Yes, every single one. Absolutely bonkers. So it's like, you see a team like that getting put on Crash Bandicoot, I'm like, okay, maybe this will make sense to me now. And I ended up loving the shit out of it. Yeah. And uh, Brady and Kevin, uh, they're both super into Crash, so I kind of like wanted to collaborate with them to make kind of an interesting video where it's kind of like, I start the video by explaining why I don't like Crash, why it doesn't make sense to me, then Brady comes out and punches me in the fucking face and knocks me the fuck out, and then he <laughs> explains why Crash has an appeal to him and why it yeah. makes sense to him, and then it cuts back to us on screen. He's like, okay, you're thinking about it this way. Try to think about it this way. So I kind of start looking at the mechanics objectively, and then I compare it to what I do understand, and then I realize maybe this does make sense. And I we feel should do like that for uh, Metal Gear Solid with uh, Metal Gear Solid Four with Nitroid. Hey man, this is why I enjoy it. Look at Ride and Go. I'm just. Are you suggesting to punch Nitroid in the face? <laughs> you CQC on this show. <laughs> it won't stop oh, me. Oh yes. <laughs> I'll just keep complaining. Throw him right over into a barrel and roll him down a hill. That's what you got to be able to do. And like, if they make Metal Gear Solid Six, I want to be able to put other people in the box and ship them somewhere. Hey, wait, why don't they do that? Fucking Fulton. Fuck that. Why don't we just knock them out and just put them in a them. box and ship the box? That would have been way more on brand. <laughs> Amazon Prime, two days. Here you exactly. Go. Did, they probably didn't Across have the that world. In, uh, in 84, but they probably make up some scientific Amazon Prime because, you know, it's all science fiction. They all the, If they have wormholes, I'm sure they could have equivalent on Amazon Prime. What am I talking about? <laughs> Assuming they ever make something again. Yeah, that's, you know. If Big Boss, if Big Boss can create Mountain Dew... They can have Amazon Prime in 1984. I forgot they have Mountain Dew and Peace Walker. Why? <laughs> Mountain Dew, Doritos, and Axe Body Spray. It's like the ultimate gamer's game. What? I did not know they had Axe Body Spray. I knew about yeah. the Doritos and the Mountain Dew. What yeah, it's fuck? only in the Japanese version, though. Like, they changed oh, the branding for the U.S. version, so it's like uh, tortilla chips and, and like, cola and cologne. Yeah. But like it's oh, straight up got the branding. That's my kind of party. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I like, see. Because I knew in, I knew the I knew the pop and the chips were equivalent to those. I didn't realize that's what the cologne was. Yeah. In Japan, it's it's funny. They actually released P 
Peace Walker branded cans of Mountain Dew. That's amazing. I remember that. I would love to drink Peace Walker Mountain Dew. Somebody needs to make like one of the Drake memes where he's just like pointing to like the tortilla chips and like nah, and then he's like pointing to the Doritos. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> God damn. Well, you could do that because you you got meme pages. Throw that yeah. up there. Speaking of Peace Walker, this reminds me of a story my friend sent me. So, like, her ex-boyfriend was talking to her about Metal Gear, and uh, he, she said, and I quote, he quoted, he was like, it's such a good game, it's, it's like Game of Thrones in that it's rich in lore. Now, oh, that no. comment aged like milk, oh, but he kept God. talking about how it was, it, you know, it was quote-unquote rich in lore, and when she told me that, I was like, girl, this is a, this is a picture of a man with a banana, and I sent her... <laughs> Big Boss with a banana from Peace Walker. And she was like, what the fuck? And just absolutely confused. And that's how I got my best friend into Metal Gear. That's awesome. That's a great story. See, her boyfriend failed with that, but I won. Hell yeah. I mean, this is the same series where, like, you use porno magazines to distract guards. Works 100% of the time. Exactly. <laughs> it's my lucky day. So you said, uh, like, platformers is a main part of your channel for sure. Yeah, biggest part. I know you also do, like, horror games and, like, those yeah. like, surreal indie games and stuff. Uh, are those are just, yeah. like, kind of, like, favorites, favorite, like, genres that you uh, kind of grew up with? or Well, it's not so much that it's, like, me just tackling my favorite genres. I guess, like, yeah, horror and platformers, those probably are my two uh, favorite genres. Uh, also, also with, like, action-adventure. Like, any game where you go on a big adventure and there's maybe, like, shooting mechanics or, I don't know, combat. Stuff like Uncharted. Like, I love that shit. Mm -hmm. Um but, like, I feel like platformers is the one thing I understand the most, so that's kind of why I wanted to tackle it. But what it really boils down to is, like, there was three games I wanted to cover when I first started my channel. And that was uh, Star Tropics, just because it's, like, my favorite NES game and no one ever oh, talks yeah. about. Uh, it was Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, because, like, that's a, you know, it's a, it's not so great. It's, like, it's okay. They're, like, kind of B-grade platformers. I like them, you know, not the third one, but the first two are pretty all right. And that's just, again, a game no one really talks about, so I figured that would just be cool to kind of get started. And then the other one was uh, Yume Niki, which was a game that really meant a lot to me. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but it's like kind of like a 16-bit uh, pixel horror game. You're just exploring the nightmares of this young girl. And it's very surreal and strange. And going off of those three, well, I didn't really want to review more NES games because that's been done to death. And also, you know, I kind of grew up around N64 and GameCube. Uh, I, I kind of missed the NES. I grew up playing the NES because my dad had one, but I was more N64 and GameCube. So I wanted to do more of the stuff that was like what I grew up with. You know, you watch Angry Video Game Nerd, you're watching him talk about what he grew up with. So, you know, I figured, well, let's, let's talk about what I grew up with because I know about, know more about that. And also it's been less done. So I just kind of kept going with Ty and just did more platformers. I did uh, Rayman, which I like. I did Gex, which I like. And then after you cover three platformer series, people go, that's what this channel's about. At that yeah. point, I didn't really have a clear direction. <laughs> but then you start getting all these comments. You ever heard of Whiplash? You ever heard of Vex and Scalar? I'm like, <clears throat> no. You Google them. They're five bucks on eBay. Let's buy all these games. Let's start reviewing those. And then it just went nuts from there. And that's one thing, too. You, you always, like, make sure to get, like, legit copies of the game, too. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't do any emulation or anything. Yeah. Um, for two reasons. Uh, firstly, again, I kind of grew up on Angry Video. 
video game nerd in my early teenage years, and I always liked this. This guy's actually got all this shit. That just felt way cooler than just yeah. anybody can emulate it. You know, it feels like he's going forth the effort, and I feel like it just just makes it feel all the better that way. And also, secondly, emulators aren't perfect. And if I were to criticize something that unknowingly was the uh, was because of the emulator, not because of the game, then I would be miscriticizing the game. Yeah. And the example yeah. that made me realize that is one of my favorite surreal games. Uh, and again, I have a copy of this too, uh, weirdly enough, uh, is LSD Dream Emulator, which is this weird PS1 game that's just yeah, about that. yeah. Yeah, exploring weird dreams. And uh, I used to emulate it before I bought an official copy on the Japanese PS3 store. And I noticed in the emulated version, the wander's blinking. It glitches. But in the official version, it doesn't, and it looks normal. And every gameplay video I ever watched of people playing this thing, Let's Plays and stuff, water was always flashing. And I just thought that's how the game is. And people playing the game would be like, yeah, I guess they fucked up the water. But yeah. no, they didn't fuck up the water. That's the emulator. And I was just like, I can never make that mistake. I would look like a fool. <laughs> so that's the big reason why I always play shit on the actual hardware. Well, speaking of uh, like actual hardware and playing it only on that, it looks like PT is not playable on the PS5. Did you uh, did you oh, get around to playing that? I Yeah, I do have PT. Actually, I have a PS4 that's just for PT. Because uh, I bought a PS4 Pro and God of War came out, and I moved everything from my old PS4 to my new PS4, but I did it in a way that still left PT on my old PS4. So now PT's on both of my PS4s, so this other PS4 is just for PT, just so I have that, so I can never lose that. And then yeah. there's my current PS4 that also has yeah, it. Yeah, don't but, ever sell that. Yeah. Oh, ever. never. Never, I was, no. I managed to transfer mine over to the Pro when I got it, which I was surprised I was even able to, but... Um, yeah. with the five, I thought, you know, there were reports early on of people who had received review consoles and they said they were able to play PT on it until, uh, an update was issued and that it removed the compatibility. Essentially it locked. That's out. really bad. I guess what that must've been is like, they just made everything compatible and then they didn't yeah. realize that. And Konami was like, uh, no, don't yeah. do that. Sony said it was due to, quote, publisher request. So, it's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. precisely what that would be. So, God damn, what I was sucks. wondering, what I was wondering is if I could transfer everything over before, like, when I got my PS5, I was thinking, all right, it's obviously going to update as soon as I plug this thing into the internet. So, can I transfer everything over before I update and get it to work? Yeah. But they require you to log into your account to transfer anything over. And you have to be up to date in order to log in. So there's oh. no way to do it. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, that's terrible. Fuck. What do you even do about that? No, yeah, you uh, can't really. Keep your PS4 forever and hope it doesn't break. Yeah. Oh, but the, what I'm wor worried about is like, because I don't have a PS5 yet. I would like to get one. They just vanished the day they came out. So I don't have one. Yeah. Yet. But when I get one, it's going to be like, well, I'm going to want to move my shit from PS4 to PS5. But. Will it take everything off of the existing PS4? Will I lose PT off of my existing PS4 if no. I do that transfer? No, I won't. No, it's it's a, it all stays okay. there. Okay, thank fuck. So it's just copying. It's not like the <laughs> right. the Wii to the Wii U where it actually removed it from the Wii and put it on the Wii U. Yeah, they they left it because we we keep our okay. PS4 like now in the bedroom and the PS5 out in the living room. So like we oh, can hop back yeah. and forth with some of the games, which is pretty cool. 
Also, uh, you can do remote play through uh, yeah. PS4 too. Yeah, that's a so they they definitely would have thought of reasons why. Like, yeah, they're going to keep this thing. Let's uh, not take everything off of it. That was a good call. So I wanted to ask you something. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm going to be that guy who who's like, <clears throat> hey, have you played this for a second? <laughs> um, that's fine. Go for it. But because you kind of you have an interest in platformers and an interest in horror games, yeah, um, they dovetail in a game called Eversion, and I've one I was wondering if you've ever played that. Oh, I've never played it, but is that the like the 2D uh like 16-bit platformer from like the late 2000s? Yeah. Where it plays like the flower thing and it seems like a normal game, but the more further you go, the more fucked up it gets. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Okay, I know about that game and I've seen pieces of it and I used to have a lot of people ask me about it, but I've never actually <laughs> got around to playing it. But that said, that is something I would like to play sometime. But, you know, there's like a billion things I also want to play. So it's just a matter of getting to it sometime. God, I could probably pick your brain on horror games for for like probably. Hours. I've reviewed like I've almost reviewed all of the ones I wanted to when I started the channel. Now I'm only one away. I got which one? Have you done one for uh, PT yet? Uh, well, well, I, I don't think PT was out when I started the channel. But uh, when I when I started the channel, it was like I want to do all the PS2 horror games that like people kind of know and are hard to find so it was like haunting ground rule of rose all the silent hills all the I sirens just all the watching the haunting grounds video to prepare for this i was just watching that. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and uh, i wanted yeah. to tell you a friend of mine and i had been talking about that recently and and yeah he's uh he's kind of a, a data miner uh in in a lot of ways he goes looking through things and uh yeah you might find this interesting the um some of the files inside of haunting grounds are labeled ct4 ct4 uh-huh clock tower 4 yep yeah i think i i think i brought that up in not like the files but i, I think i brought up that haunting ground was going to be a clock tower game at some point yeah. it's like a weird amalgamation there's some resident evil 4 in there too some of some like assets like the kind of victorian uh design uh, I think was was uh, remnants of that or something like that too. So kind of detaching it from the franchise, let them experiment a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the last thing I want to do on PS2 is just Kuon, which uh, is an old FromSoft game. It's like kind of a Resident Evil style oh, right, survival right. horror with uh, tank controls, fixed angles. Apparently, it's really bad. I've never I played it for like probably ten minutes at a friend's house on, like, a burnt copy when we were just, uh, you know, flying through these things just to see what they all were briefly. So that's... I don't know anything about that. Uh, someone mailed me a copy. That thing's worth, like, a crazy amount of money. It, and did, I was it like, didn't come out in the West, did it? It did. It did. Oh, it did? Um, okay. It's just insanely rare. It's, like, $900 or something like that. It's bonkers. So this person just mails me a copy. I'm like, why would you do this? They said, because it's horrible. I never want to see it again. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, I don't have the case with it, but uh, God bless her uh, sending that to me. Thank you for watching. Um, I wanted to do that this October, um, but I, you know, life's been a lot busier than it's been in this past year and it's really hard to find the time to make videos now so i kind of ended up spilling my horror special into november where i did the last echo night video in november and i'm probably gonna try to do kuon before the end of the year i might just just say fuck it and do it in february i don't give a shit halloween's whenever the fuck i want it to be <laughs> it's never the wrong time for horror games no, no, as long as you like it. That's what matters. I mean, like, Resident Evil 2, that remake came out when? Like, February? That's all I played then. Yeah. God, has it been that yeah. long? 
I think so. It's been, uh, it'll be two years this February. Wow. Oh, man. It's already, already two years. That thing still feels fresh out of the oven. It does. I mean, I guess they have the remake of three. That came out, too. Oh, don't get me started on that. Yeah, that I was never, kind of a quick in and out. Was it uh, not so great? I, I heard mixed things about it. I didn't play it like I did the uh, second they one. They just didn't focus on it as much. Like, it could have just been like an expansion to two. Like, that's yeah, what it right. felt yeah. like playing through. You're like, oh, okay, well. Oh, I see. So that's yeah, kind of probably why they did the, the multiplayer shit to kind of pad that out or something, huh? Yeah, and three yeah. was my favorite original Resident Evil. That and Code Veronica. So, like, it, ugh. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, I think, was really looking forward to perusing through Raccoon City with HD, and then that that was really only like a set piece. Yeah, so and they stuck you I on think rails. That was the, oh, yeah, I think that, that was the that most disappointing. Sucks. Yeah, because because yeah. two was pretty open ended. Like you would unlock the shortcuts, and it would kind of what kind of you know you're going through a couple of hallways, but that just turns out no, I'm going through this whole police station, going through the whole underground parking lot. The sewers kind of felt like the only part to me that was like super linear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? The rest of the game after the sewer is pretty linear too. But that first police station part is so much fun. Yeah, to just slowly figure out. Yeah, and it's so labyrinthian because you can take one route and you've always got like three different directions that you can go yeah. in if you need to get around somewhere. Yeah. And I love that um, it, oh, it would mark like all the shit you didn't pick up on the map. Right, So yeah. it's like, I don't have space for this herb now. But, like, later, I might just risk running all the way back there to get that. That was, like, a really cool thing. Because otherwise, I wouldn't have bothered because I wouldn't have known it's there. That kind of adds, like, a risk versus reward. Once you know it's there, well, then you can, like, maybe run past some zombies and risk that to get that shit. And then it's, like, the equivalent of dying to get the one-up in a Mario game. You fucking yeah. die. It's a waste of – or you take two hits trying to get it, and it was a waste of time anyway. But that I like those kind of – yeah, I like those kind of options. Because if I fuck up, I knew it's because I decided to risk that. Yeah, they did a great job with, like, the map system. Yeah, it just, like, didn't they, uh, they, like, changed the color once you, like, had picked up everything in a room and it turned blue, right? Right. Oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah they did that, too. That was great yeah. design. Everything was just very, yeah. I was going to say, I could never speedrun those games because I'm too busy item managing, like you said. Like, I ha you have to get everything. You have to put everything in the item box. Every, yeah. every room has to be blue. Yeah, oh, I'm the same way. But I love that stuff. I love resource management. And that's a big part of why I love horror games so much. Like, uh, the horror game that really got me into horror games, I was, uh, I think, first year high school. Um, and I got Silent Hill 1 off of the PS3 store. So I never, like, grew up with a PS1. But when I got a PS3 and you could download them for five bucks each, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to see what I missed out on. And that's when I got into Metal Gear Solid. That's when I got into Silent Hill. And I thought Silent Hill was just so freaking cool. Like, the idea of, like, you know, I have a steel pipe that's really fucking hard to hit these things with. Or I got a gun. But I only got so much bullets in the gun, so I'm going to try and risk, like, hitting them with the pipe. But, oh, shit, I got hit, so maybe I should pop this guy in the head. Oh, shit, I'm out of bullets. And it's just having to worry about all of that at once. It, it, it just I just felt like I was always on my toes for, like, the first time playing a game. And I thought that was, like, so freaking cool. Yeah, and it's kind of like where your lack of being able to effectively protect yourself or defend yourself makes yeah. it scarier. Yeah, yeah, and I always felt that, like games where you don't defend yourself and you just run and hide in a locker just weren't scary to me for that exact yeah. reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. Am, I, am I, yeah, like hide and seek horror? I don't, never, never scared me. Cause I just know, well, I just run from the guy and hide. That's what you do every time. There's no right. uncertainty. There's no like, you know, room for, I guess there's room for error, but not to the degree of like, you know, when you have to think about all these other things, like in a resource uh, management kind of way. It's 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 like monotonous at 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 points where yes, like Mr. Yeah. X Mr. X feels like way more like risk versus reward. 
Yeah. Like, I cannot, like, oh, I am not fucking going in that area right now. Like, him, like, you know, patrolling one area and, like, I really need that item, but I really don't want to deal with him. Yeah, of course, yeah. you know, he's less he's less scary on your second playthrough, uh, but that yeah. first experience, man. I like I like how they do it. Like, I think Resident Evil 2 Remake is, like, the only game where I've enjoyed being continually pursued by, like, another character. Because, firstly, it's not some big, scary, gross monster. No, it's just a big man. Yeah. And you hear his boots stomping. He's coming to the next room. <laughs> it's like, you know he's coming before he's coming. But you don't know, you don't know where he's coming from. But you know he's coming. It's like, shit. Now there's anticipation. It's like when the radio goes off in Silent Hill, you know? It's like, shit. I don't know where he is, but I know he's coming. And also, like, you don't just run and hide in a locker. No, you can shoot him. You can struggle with him. You can try and knock him back. There's a lot of options there. And now it's just this uncertainty. And um, one thing I want to address is, like, I think it's funny how a lot of people complain. I was like, it was scary at first, but then it just got really annoying how every time you're trying to do a puzzle, he, uh, you got to run away from him. And then they always use B-roll. Of the only puzzle he can interrupt where you're moving the bookcases. The bookshelf, yeah. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> puzzle he can interrupt. Everyone's like, every single puzzle. Yeah, every single one puzzle, guys. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I feel like he was way more intimidating in the original than than in the remake. Like, I could kind of just, like, run around him and, like, dodge him. Yeah. But, like, in that second, in the, in the one scene uh, in the original, when you turn on the monitor and he's coming down that one catwalk and you're just like, oh, shit. Oh, like, there's no way yeah. out but through him. I like that when you like click on a video feed and you just like you yeah. just see there's something where you need to go that you don't want to go to. Yeah. <laughs> it does kind of bum me out that they sort of blew their load with Mr. X in a manner of speaking, uh, with regards to Nemesis in three. Yeah, how did that work out? Yeah, Nemesis was a set piece. Yeah, he borrows so heavily from Nemesis conceptually in that he's a persistent threat stalking you, that when we finally got to Nemesis, you know, you, you sort of already knew what to expect, and all they could really do to change it up was to make him run. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he probably just kind of behaves the same kind of way. Yeah, I mean, he can sort of Spider-Man out of an area, and occasionally he's got a rocket launcher. <laughs> I was about to say, couldn't he jump? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. there are a couple places really early on in, in RE3 where he will genuinely, like, mess up your day. Um, and it can scare the hell out of you. But then he just sort of gets relegated to like a, he, he just sort of gets reduced into like a set piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've actually uh, never played the originals on a P. Oh, I played the original, uh, the first one. I played maybe like the first three hours of it. I didn't get like super far into it, but I, I mostly just played like the remakes. Like I played the remake of one yeah. I played the remake of two. I never played the remake of three. I beat four, five. I beat Leon's campaign in six. And then I got to the part where you got to run out of the building as Chris in his campaign. But my friend Jamie and I were too distracted by the fact that, like, if you shoot a single leaf on the on the flower pot in the background, it breaks the pot, which makes no sense. And we just thought that was so funny that we kept looking at that <laughs> instead of running out and the building kept blowing up. And we didn't get past that part because uh, it was just too funny that this fucking shooting a leaf would blow up the whole pot plant. But, uh... Uh, <laughs> potted plant. I don't know, it'd be cool if it was a pot plant, but uh, uh, <laughs> that's a, a YouTube joke right there. Anyway, um, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, I never really played the originals because, again, I never really grew up on PS1 games. Yeah. Uh, but when I was getting back into it, uh, or getting into it for the first time on PS3, I made the mistake of playing Silent Hill first. And to me, that felt super duper scary. 
and then I played Resident Evil 1 after, and then it's like, well, this doesn't have strafe buttons, the controls are worse, the yeah. enemies aren't as scary, yeah. this mm-hmm. is like goofy and cheesy and not scary, and I just didn't really get it at first. I, I appreciate it now, I think the, like, the remake is actually kind of spooky, but like, I think the actual scares, the original's aged like milk. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah. like a B-movie where you're just like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. It feels like a B-movie, whereas, like, I don't know, you guys can disagree with me on this, but Silent Hill, like the original Silent Hill, it, it feels more like grindcore-ish? Grindcore. Grindcore-ish. Yeah. 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 It, feels like, uh, it feels like the acting's amateur, but it still feels like there's, like, genuine heart there. There's genuine, like, chilling right. ideas there. And in a weird way, the 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 corny acting in Silent Hill sort of lends itself to the aesthetic. It it sort of brings yeah. it out a bit more in sort of a, a David Lynch sort of way. Yeah, well, that's a, that's that's something a lot of people praise too for. Where like the actors don't even really sound like they're in the same room uh, when they're recording their lines. And I think it's cool because like in Silent Hill too, every character kind of is in their own reality. They see different monsters. They see different like things. That's why Laura can just run around. She's a little girl. She has nothing to fear. She doesn't see the monsters. They don't exist to her. Or at least that's what people kind of interpret from that thing. And I think that kind of like really just took that one step further where these characters don't even sound like they're talking to each other. Like they're literally in their own little booths, their own little bubble, trying to get out and understand each other, but they just can't because they're just not there. I love that one line in Silent Hill 3 where... um I think it was Vincent who said it. it where he's like, "Oh, they uh, look like monsters to you." Yeah, that's yeah. 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 <laughs> I knew. I you're knew like, you were gonna say that Whoa. one. Whoa, that was the line that fucked me up in that game because it's like, yeah, because like in Silent Hill too. Again, I remember. Well, people react differently to the monsters. Maybe they all see different things. Who's to say Heather's any different? That in the but, damn mirror yeah. room. Oh, the fucking mirror room. What is the door I think Silent Hill three has, like, the best, like, individual scares of, like, the first four games, for sure. So, I actually had, like, two questions sort of pertaining to survival horror. So, with regards to, like, scary games, I mean, like, Metal Gear has its scary moments. You know, there's Psycho Mantis, there's, uh, as I like to call it, yeah, there's the uh, Ocelot elevator face. I still think that's scary. Um, Do you think that influenced, like, your appreciation for the series and... Like, is there any, like, standout scary moment for you? In, like, the Metal Gear series? Yeah. Okay, when you said elevator ocelot phase, or did you mean Otacon phase? Or Otacon, oh my god, yeah, okay, I used okay. to mix that up all the time okay, as a child. Yeah. <laughs> god, comments, that's, okay, that's what I was thinking. Please, comments do not, like, flame the shit out of me. <laughs> Y'all know what she meant. No, I, I, do the, I do the exact same thing. Like, your brain just says the wrong word, but, yeah. No, like, that moment really got me. When, because there's, like, that line... Where, like, you you clearly get it before the two characters do. He's like, right. wait a minute, Snake. The elevator's too heavy. It can't move. But you're the only one on there. And I was just like, ah. um, <laughs> I thought in Peace Walker, the parts where you got to, like, avoid the ghosts was kind of spooky a little bit. But I found that kind of, like, more annoying than anything. Oh, oh Metal Gear Solid 1 where you can, like, take pictures of ghosts, and it's just, like, the developers snuck into the game. Imagine finding that by accident, just taking a picture of some random thing, and you look <laughs> at it later, and there's something in it that wasn't there before. That would have scared the shit out of me as a kid. So it's um, funny you should say that. Um, the scariest moment for me in the entire series is kind of a, a, a dumb little thing they do. Oh, yeah? Uh, in, in MGS2 Substance, one of the VR missions, they've got these... Uh, VR and alternative missions, and some of them are photography missions, 
where you yeah, have yeah. to like they yeah they show you a thing you have to photograph it and one of them is you're in the tanker and all the lights are off and you have to photograph like a dead body or something or a ghost Whoa, and that's and, cool and so you don't know where it's going to come from but you walk into this like you know that long dark corridor on the way in the in the tanker when you're below deck oh god it's been a long time since i played too so uh, anyway just continue <laughs> before the shootout yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And so you're on this long, dark hallway. The music's really creepy. You can't see anything. And then you get to this one little alcove with a dead body laying on the floor. And you look forward. And, and the, the gimmick is you have to shoot the light out because the clue is that ghosts hate the light, right? Oh, I see. Yeah. And you shoot the light out and a, a dead body ghost comes through the door like right at you. <laughs> and you have to I take really... a picture of it. And that scared the shit out of me. I was just going to say, I really like the phrase dead body ghost. It was, it was, it's like this mangled ghost just like floating right at you. No animation God, or anything. It's that's, just, that's uh, really cool. I like, dude, that's, that's freaky. Kojima predicted phasmophobia. That's wild. Phasmophobia. That old, oh, is that the, okay. I always get that mixed up with phantasmophobia. I same, phasmagoria, no, I do too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Cause I was just like, how do you protect something that came out before? Oh, wait. No, yeah. New game. I've actually been playing that with my buddy Rob. Uh, that's a fun fucking game. Like, it's kind of simple. Graphics aren't the best. It's just indie or whatever. But that is such a cool idea. Um, I don't know if you guys have played, uh, phasmophobia. Oh, yeah. Just a little yeah. bit. And it's yeah. great. Yeah, like the idea where um, you got to not play that game on Discord. You got to use the in-game chat because mm-hmm. like the idea that it's like proximity chat, you know, the further you get away from each other, the harder it is to hear. Then you use a radio and then it's like, well, now that the ghost can fuck up your radio, that creates situations where I'm like, all right, uh, Rob, uh, what are you looking for in there? Oh, you know, I must see a thing in there and I thought, okay, uh, I'm going to hit the uh, thing on here. Uh, what do you what do you think now? Rob? Rob? <laughs> and then it, it, just because the ghost like just turned his radio off. That's actually fucking terrifying. That's a sensation I've never had a game give me. Because it's like when it involves somebody else and they just take away your ability to communicate with them. That just creates like really freaky moments. And it's like cool one shit. guy made this too, didn't he? It wasn't mm-hmm. just one dude. God damn. Yeah, I, that's what I've heard. I don't know if that's true. But, but everyone that I've talked to has said, yeah, it was just like one guy. It's crazy. I mean, a lot of a lot of good ass games have been made by just a single person, so it doesn't surprise me too much. But good on them. God damn. Uh, so my second question was, um, yeah. have you ever played uh, Eternal Darkness? Yeah, I re- I reviewed that game actually. I love okay. that game. I need yeah. to find that review. But yeah, I don't know. The, like, I guess the connection is Twin Snakes. Like, what's yeah. that company? Uh, Silicon Knights. Silicon Knights. Thank yeah. you. Good well, old, that was uh, the game that got them the Twin Snakes deal. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense because, you know, both GameCube, they came out like right one after another. Um, No, Eternal Darkness is great. Uh, I feel like that is a game that really figured out how to transition these angles that like horror games are known for. Like when you're walking down the cathedral and then you walk down, like turn, turn, turn the corner and the camera doesn't cut. The camera like transitions and moves and like, yeah, oh, there's some really cool angles in that. And I feel the combat's kind of, like, simple. Like, it really just boils down to, like, you go up, hold R and up, and then mash the A button to chop their head off, run around to the back, and hit them again. And it's, like, you know, it gets kind of challenging with some of the harder enemies. But, like, uh, the whole spell system was really cool. I liked having, like, a... Again, it felt like I was managing, instead of, like, bullets and stuff, I was managing how much magic I had. Right. And, like, 
and, and also your sanity too, because you don't want that to go too low because then you start taking damage. Uh, yeah, like I, it was a really interesting take on like managing resources. You're not managing, because you do have bullets and stuff, but like, you don't really, not, not a lot. You don't really use them much because you bounce, you bounce between so many different characters that it's hard for them to really dedicate you to an inventory when you yeah. play through like 12 mm-hmm. different people throughout that thing. So like instead doing it with these like, like a magic meter, health meter, um, Psych meter? No, that's Metal Gear. Um, sanity. sanity. Sanity meter, thank you. Uh, yeah, like that was a really interesting like kind of solution to that. But yeah. Yeah, that sanity cool. meter did some crazy shit. That was like the, the thing that I appreciated the most about that game was just like yeah, how much yeah. it messed with me. Like though I was I, uh, surprised Kojima wasn't involved in that game. Yeah, it is kind of a shame though um, that like – that you play that game because you hear, like, you watched a YouTube video of someone talking about the sanity effects, right? That's the one thing everyone knows about that game. Yeah. But, yeah. like, the sanity effects are kind of supposed to be a punishment when that's the cool part. So, like, if you play yeah. the game well and you keep your sanity up, which is what you're supposed to do, you're just not going to see any of the cool shit. And I feel like they needed a way to, like, let that happen without you just making it happen. Because, like... To get B-roll of the sanity effects, I had to deliberately just let enemies drain my sanity just to see yep. most of it. Yeah, yep. and that kind of it just doesn't happen naturally, which is which is the yeah. problem with it. Right. But still, still cool fucking thing they did. I think that was one of like the earliest games that really broke the fourth wall in a lot of interesting ways. Like, uh, kind of poorly aged in that it's not really going to be convincing on an HD TV with like you know the CRT kind of like video <laughs> thing and like, you know same yeah. with Psycho Mantis yeah. or, like the volume going down it doesn't look like that anymore but one thing that I still think is really well aged is when they make it look like a fly landed on your TV that actually got me I tried to swat it <laughs> and I felt like a fucking dummy I felt like a goofy dumb dumb poopy brain but they got me and it was cool <laughs> they they tried to to get a, a spiritual successor off the ground through Kickstarter, but it didn't yep. take off. No, you know you know why? Because it came out around the same time that Mighty Number no. Nine came out, and everybody was too busy jacking off to that to pay attention. Oh to it. man, I, yeah. can we trade it? That came Seriously, out. <laughs> and the rest is history. Take it back. Funny story about Mighty Number no. Nine. Um, yeah, I don't remember what year it was, but I went to to E three and they had Mighty Number no. Nine on the playroom floor. Is this like before uh, it came out? Yeah, it was before it came yeah. out. They just like they had a demo of it, and and I'm like, oh man, I've you know I've been hearing about this, and they had that huge Kickstarter, and it's, you know, it's like a a, a Mega Man spiritual. Like, like I knew all the all, everything about it's it. It's like Mega Man's finally back. Yeah. Yeah, I was so excited, and so I went and I and I got the controller, and I played for about five minutes, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> this is a train wreck. I this is going to be awful. God, I couldn't imagine like being one of the first people to learn that game was not going to be good because the, the hype train oh. was was hardcore until it launched. And yeah. that's when it was like, no, this sucks. And I and I after I like I had five minutes with it and I knew like this was this was going to tank hard. Yeah, yeah. God damn! I feel like that was the first in a trilogy of like a a, a very steady redemption arc when it comes to those kickstarted uh, revivals of this old game you love that they don't make anymore. You know, the second yeah. one was uh, Banjo. You know, X Rare developers made Ukulele. Yeah. 
And that was the next step up. It wasn't nearly as bad as Mighty Number no. 9, but it left a lot to be desired. You know, they fumbled over a lot of the mechanics. Uh, some stuff like the minecart sections are just bad. Some of the levels are too big, hard to navigate. But I mean, there's a good moveset there. Some of the, what was it? Not Jiggy, Pages. Some of the Pages were fun to get. I feel like 50% of that game's really fun. 50% of it is just like either garbage or mediocre. But it was the next step. And then the last one was like, hey, remember Symphony of the Night? We're going to do one of that. Yes. And then I, no. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> I didn't care that much about because I, I, I'm i not into the Castlevania games. just not really my forte. But that was the one that turned out really, really good from what I hear. People love Bloodstain. I was really happy to see yeah, that, that was one. Fun. Yeah, and the retro game it. that they did uh, with it too, uh, yeah, Circle yeah, of the Moon. Yeah, that I, shit was dope. Yeah, I played that one because I do like like retro NES games. That's what I grew up on. There's a sequel out for that now, too. I got to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to ask you something. Um, and and this is something that's been driving me crazy for a long time. And I'm hoping that because <laughs> you know a lot about platformers, you'll have an answer for this. Well, you're asking the right um, guy because I've, I've beat Kaya Dark Lineage in Haven Call of the King. Oh, my God. Yeah, what are those? I don't even exactly. know what that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ask away. Um, I don't have a term for this, so I'm going to try my best to explain what I mean. But there has been this trend for the past... I don't know, 10 years or so where companies will revisit or reimagine uh, platformers, classic platformers. But yeah, what yeah. they make has what I can only refer to as floaty bullshit in terms of how it feels. Technical term. Yeah, that's what they yeah, call I don't, it. Floaty I don't bullshit. know what to call it, um, but it's it was in Su- New Super Mario Brothers. It was in Sonic 4. It's in Mighty Number no. 9. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. just this this like you don't feel like there's a one-to-one with what you're pressing on the controller and what's happening on yeah, the screen. Yeah. And like, do you know what it's, I'm talking uh, about? Like, I can't describe it well. Yeah. Oh no, it's uh, exactly, it's weight. It's just the character's yeah. weight is not, is not correct. Um, Cause like a lot of older games, like think about what was the first character, the first game that had like physics involved in the move, in the move, in the move set, in the movement. And it felt good to like, kind of, it wasn't just on or off. It was how much you ran first, how long you held the A button. You know, it was Super Mario Brothers. Right, like, yeah. had so weight. Say Mario to Three, it. especially like once you got like all the the like super run power ups yeah. and stuff. Ex- and exactly. Flying, yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm going fast as shit. And is it just a consequence of like converting it to 3D? Because all these games made that transition to 3D rather than 2D. I think it's a, a consequence of people just not knowing how to program good feeling physics. Because you can yeah. do it in 3D games, uh, like 3D side scrollers. A uh, good example, like like Crash Four. You know, there's 2D segments in that game. The weight feels good. Uh, that side scrolling ukulele that they did. What was it? Impossible Layer. Again, yeah. weight actually feels pretty good in that one. So it's not impossible to do. It's just a matter of they just didn't get it right. And I think like. Yeah, there was that period where they're doing like those kind of retro revivals, but not like it wasn't like Sonic Mania retro. It was like, no, modernized retro where it's like the new looking character with the old uh, style, like it's side scrolling. But yeah, yeah, like when they then, when they remastered uh, Crash like that, I remember they had a big problem because they I think what did they do it in Unity or something? But they I think it was unreal. When they were designing the levels like they were all like curved and had like a weird slope. So like you would land but then, like, you would slowly slip back without hitting anything. So it's like the levels weren't designed to be, like, ran on, you know? Yeah. I don't know what that's called either, but it sounds like shitty level design. Yeah, it's just a matter of, like, you know, getting the programming right and making it feel right. And, you know, that's a really hard thing to get right. Physics is, like, really complicated thing. 
there's yeah. a lot of games I've played with like really wonky physics. Again, I've played Vex, I've played Scalar, I've played like anything under the sun, and it's like a lot of these games just don't have good feeling physics. I don't, I just, I just think it's just not an easy thing to do, and I think that's all it was. Because you know when they're doing the, those retro throwbacks, they're gonna put like a B team on it. Like uh, they they got yeah. Dimps to do the Sonic Four thing. I didn't get the main Sega guys. Uh, not to say the main Sega guys are terribly good at making <laughs> Sonic games either, but you know. Um, it's just that. And then, you know, you get Sonic Mania and you just get talented programmers that kind of, you know, understand how to make it feel right. And then it does. Yeah. It's, that's yeah. just all it is. It's weird how the fans seem to understand these games more than the developers. It's because the fans are the ones that play the games yeah. way more than the developers. Like, I guarantee you, I have beat Mega Man 2 way more times than the person who's made Mega Man 2. <laughs> I mean, not to say that I know how to program Mega Man 2, but I could tell you why the jump feels good. Yeah. Same reason yeah. Hollow Knight's jump feels good is because it's like there's no because there is no physics and they make like level design that benefits from that. Because like Mega Man, you also got to think about aiming a gun. So if you're thinking about like I got to run first to get height then shoot. No, no, no. You don't have to worry about the movement or, or like the speed of your movement. It's always the same. Your your jump from a standstill is going to be the same as a jump from running. So because of that, since they dialed that back and made it simpler, yet they still give you a lot of control. Now it's easy to focus on shooting guys. Uh, where in Mario, you had to focus on landing guys, you know, yeah, totally yeah. different sort of idea. So they kind of dial back the physics to match what the other actions you're doing is. It makes me curious to think like, you know, there's been more talk with, uh, you know, now with Demon Souls being out now, uh, yeah. you know, Blue Point's kind of the company that's been, uh, been talked about, you know, the most with, uh, you know, doing like a remake for Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, like I wonder yeah. what kind of like physics, you know, if they're going to go like more like Fox engine, like real fluid or like try to go back to some kind of older analog of that, you know? Oh, yeah, because the games they've remade, uh, they've remade a PS2 game and a PS3 game. They remade uh, Shadow of the Colossus, and I beat both versions multiple times. I think they feel pretty similar, maybe not 100%, but almost. Um, yeah. so I, I, I think they mm -hmm. did good on that. I haven't played the Demon Souls remake, but people just tell me it plays more or less the same, just less janky. So I think Blue Point's good on like, uh, control front. But the problem with Metal Gear is Metal Gear's changed so much over the series. There's been one yeah. Shadow of the Colossus, we know how that plays. There's been one Demon Souls, we know how that plays. But it's not like Metal Gear where they've had five or six games, if you want to count Peace Walker more if you want to count other games and it's they've always changed how it felt from the camera changes the way you aim a gun changes yeah uh, they add different things like rolling so yeah that's a complicated question if they remain metal gear solid one would it be metal gear solid one with new graphics because that's what they did two times previously or would it be like a twin snakes kind of deal or, or instead of like first person shooting they also got third person shooting is it going to be fox engine there is that's a complicated question. There's so many different ways they could do that where like the previous two projects, there's kind of only one way they could do it. So I don't know if they would be put on that project. And if they did, it would be a huge undertaking. And I don't, I don't know how much I like that because I think Blue Point is good at emulating what's there and improving it. Um, but they kind of lack original artistic direction. Uh, and yeah, people notice yeah. Big, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. complaint with them. They're like their tone and just the go ahead, Nitro. I'll let yeah, you they, that. yeah, that's my biggest concern isn't whether or not they could come up with something mechanically interesting because you would have to reconceptualize the first Metal Gear Solid from the ground up if you were going to remake it. What, yeah, what exactly. that game was would not work today, unlike 
you know, if you if you look at at Shadow of the Colossus, there's that's a very unique game. You know, you can translate yeah. those mechanics into a better looking into 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 a more, you know, into a higher fidelity environment and it's still going to work. Yeah, exactly. You know? And same with Demon Souls, which is less dated, but Metal Gear Solid is it's 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 essentially Pac-Man with a gun, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of what a, it is. I've never heard someone say that, <laughs> and that sounds so stupid, but makes so much sense. I I can't take credit for it. That's that's Tim Rogers. <laughs> Tim so, Rogers is a genius. I don't even yeah. know who that is. Oh, you got to look him up. Um, but oh, yeah. but the thing is, my big gripe with what Blue Point has done, and I and I and I still I wish them all the success in the world if they ta- try to tackle Metal Gear Solid, is that they seem to misunderstand. Uh, intent with regards to artistic direction. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm, I've been seeing that stuff too. The changes they've made. Yeah, it seems like they just do not fundamentally understood the purpose of those designs. Yeah, and just kind of, it's almost as if they just ripped the models from the game and just copied it but changed it up so it didn't look like they copied their friend's homework. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was um there was a comment they made that that um a friend of mine and I kind of laugh at occasionally where they were talking about Shadow of the Colossus and uh they I can't remember who it was that said this but they said they turned a concerto into a symphony, which is kind of a uh. silly statement if you know what a concerto is. I don't know uh, what a concerto is, but it's uh, they're not they're not it's one is not an evolution of the other. It's a different it's yeah. a different thing. But it's that's yeah. beside the point. Um, the, they they seem to kind of want to take these original games and make them cooler. You know, yeah, like that's the impression I get from Demon Souls, where there's yeah. so many designs where they take say, um, I don't know the names of the enemies, but where they would be these sort of soulless wandering husks. Yeah. Essentially they're, they're just, you know, there's something unreal about them and they just turn them into generic zombies. I, I heard the, Ooh, they make when you kill them now. (laughs) Yeah. They might have socks game when the fans just had to get sad that they lost. uh, That (laughs) that sentence could not have come out worse, but you know what I mean? Like it sounds like sad football fans. It doesn't sound like this husk, this like bizarre remains of this hundreds of years old soldier. That's just still there repeating the same, uh, you know, mindless movements because, you know, in the same way that like those, those bugs in Hollow Knight are, they're just husks of their former selves. no, that just feels like that was just taken away by just putting this goofy like like sound when you hit them. <laughs> God, just throw the Wilhelm scream in there while you're. Oh at it. God, yeah, may as well. I was gonna say, going to a more like generalized like criticism about people trying to remake Metal Gear Solid. Um, I'm gonna hit back to Silent Hill One, and I'm gonna say both that and Metal Gear Solid are almost of a, a product of their time in a sense that I don't think you could get the same aesthetic from newer technology. Oh, it's like I, a prime yeah. example of like art from adversity. Like a great yes, example is like yes. the elevators on MGS1 because yeah. they couldn't, you know, actually program like a whole elevator shaft. They made this sort of gradial like gradial black into into the darkness. And like if we if we do that on on a new console or, or in the latest console generation, then they're gonna make that whole hallway or whatever. But 
now that you have like that fade to black, it was the the perfect aesthetic for Shadow Moses, and nobody's ever gonna do that again. I hope people know what I'm like. What yeah, I'm talking no, no, about. I I totally yeah. get what you're talking about. Like those tactical limitations is what gave it the vibe it has. Uh, right. Another really good example, and I learned this from a really cool channel called Boundary Break. Hey, shouts out to Boundary Break. Where in Auto- – I think it's Otacon's office. I think it's that room. There's a whiteboard, and you can see the reflections of the lights behind it. But you couldn't render reflections on PS1 like that. So what they did, they actually just made the whiteboard opa- – like a, they lowered the opacity of it to like 70%. And they actually Whoa. just put physical lights in the darkness on the other side. So you're actually looking through it and seeing other objects, but it gives the illusion of reflection. But since they did it that way, it looks a specific way that would not look that way if they did it with Mm -hmm. modern technology and it was a real reflection. It's all shit like that. That, Like the half-life technique. And one thing I'm worried that they're going to get wrong if Bluepoint does this is that when I see fan remakes or or fan attempts at remaking or reimagining Metal Gear Solid, it's almost always like very dramatic, very drenched in harsh lighting and very blue. Yeah. And if you go back and play Metal Gear Solid and look very carefully, it's not what you might remember it as. It's actually a yeah. very colorful game. Mm-hmm. It's it's got yeah. a lot of different hues playing at the same time. In in you know you can look at one area and it'll be a it'll have a completely different color palette from another area. Oh yeah, like you get you go from like white to blue to this like washed out green till you get to the magma area. It's all like red and orange. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like every area has a distinct look, almost in the way that like like Super Metroid or Hollow Knight does as a way to yes, differentiate very each much. area. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, the story, um, I worry that they're going to misunderstand the tone of the story because sort of inversely. MGS one story, uh, in in part due to the translation, is very subdued. It's very grounded in comparison yeah. to the later games. You know, the later games have a have a far more anime sort of tone to them. But yeah. that first one is is very down to earth. It's like um, they sacrificed melancholy in favor of melodrama. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I vastly mm-hmm. prefer melancholy over melodrama. It's like I wish him the best. I just. I'm just kind of after looking at Shadow of the Colossus where they turned this, you know, this muted, desolate landscape into this lush, beautiful place. And then Demon Souls, where everything seems to be sort of uh, gratuitous in a way. I just am doubtful that they're going to be able to effectively capture that tone. Yeah. You know what they need to do? They need to do what Toys for Bob did with Crash 4. And I mentioned this in my video because I thought it was a really interesting point. My friend Kevin mentioned this to me. Um, so they, someone tweeted out like there was sketches from the artists of Crash 4 where they drew the original de- designs over and over again. And people are like, oh man, I wish we got these designs. But those people don't understand why they were drawing the characters in the original form so much. It's because they wanted to understand why the original designs worked before they make changes. So what they need to do is they need to hire like good artists that actually value the source material or are interested in what made it tick, what made it work. They need to look through Yoji Shinkawa's artwork. They got to find out why it worked 
before they make changes. Yep. I think that's one thing that Metal Gear has going for it against these other two games is that the other two are very based in fantasy and like you can kind of like come up like, yeah, we can turn this guy into a dog, whatever. Yeah. Dog yeah. monster. <laughs> but but with Metal Gear, it is for the most part, you know, with the set design at least very realistic. So yeah. they can look at these objects and go, oh, that's one of those sliding doors that they use at the hospital. Yeah. Put one of those in there and yeah, have the pneumatic tube go up here. Yeah. You know, that, that and is. And it was kind of like how they did with Final Fantasy VII Remake where it was like, you could just look up at the plate at any time, and it was like, that stuff was there, and we can finally go in that elevator and see that elevator ceiling now. It's that like, was uh, really cool. As much as like people kind of don't seem to like the 7 remake as much, uh, yeah. I never played it. I, I beat the original as a teenager, but I was watching Brady play the remake, and the fact that you could look up and that was just gone, that was really fucking cool. Yeah. 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 I can't. Again, I can't take credit for this because somebody I know pointed it out, but um, there is a very John Carpenter-esque... Uh, feel to MGS one that the later games don't have. Really? Yeah. Just in terms of of tone and style. Okay. Okay. In tone, just, you mean? Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking like I was just thinking I don't remember any weird monsters in Metal Gear, but I completely understand <laughs> what you meant. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Tone. Like um, I actually watched The Thing for the first time a uh, year and a half ago. And yeah, that tone is very melancholy. Yeah. It's just a bunch of guys sitting in this room together. We don't fucking know what to do. Fuck. And that's what I meant was yeah. more like the thing, because obviously Metal Gear Solid draws from from Escape from L- uh Escape from New York, Escape from LA. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but uh but yeah, it's it it almost has more in common with the thing in, in a lot of ways in in terms of tone. Both have Kurt Russell, don't and how, they? How constricting it is. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goddamn. Maybe maybe Kojima was just a big Kurt Russell fan, and he uh, drew influence from more than just what he think what he thought well, he was drawing from. Um, funny thing, uh, Kojima actually uh, they made an offer to Kurt Russell to have him voice uh, Naked Snake in MGS three, but he, he really uh, yeah, but he uh, quote politely declined. Ah, oh, damn, that would have actually been really really cool. Because um, I, I that's remember when that was a controversy them changing the voice actor of Big Boss. Yeah. God oh, yeah. damn. That's like that would have just avoided that if they just made him his own character, his own voice from the get go. Because I always did think it was I get it. Like he's a clone, but he is his own character. And I feel like they didn't need to reuse David Hayter for him in three and Peace Walker. I felt like if he had his own voice, I would have been fine with that. And but if it was Kurt Russell, God damn. What could have been? Tell me that. I'm going to be thinking about that my whole goddamn life. <laughs> Jeez, that was sick. I think it's just because back then, like, you know, Hollywood degree actors didn't take the game industry as seriously as they do now. You know, nowadays yeah. you got Norman uh, yeah, Reedus sure. and games. You got um, – there's like there's an actor from like Midsummer that's in um, that new um, uh, Little Hope. Is that what it's yeah, called? They got yeah, to, yeah. Uh, they got that meme guy. Uh, fuck, I forgot his yeah. name right now. But yeah, he's really too. good. Yeah. You guys are getting paid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that guy. Um, Remy no, Malik was in one of those games, too. Until Dawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was, he was yeah. so fucking yeah. good in that. I liked him more in that than I did the uh, the movie about Queen. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Yeah, haven't seen it, but I hear that movie's, like, not super great. Remy Malik's amazing, though. Yeah, are, are you a fan of those uh, the Dark Pictures series, like Until Dawn and the couple of games that they've kind of put out lately? That's what I, I've actually started uh, playing Little Hope this week. So. I uh, I played Until Dawn when it was free on PS Plus with my friend mm-hmm. Rob a couple of years ago. We were both like really tired, and 
just kind of got through it and didn't think much of it. Um, my ah. girlfriend really loves that game though, and I think I just got to like tackle it again with like a like an I'm actually awake and want to play a video game mindset this time. Uh, yeah, if you're so, in a bad yeah. mood trying to play that, you're like, hurry the fuck up. Yeah, like, yeah, no, walk. literally. Yeah, the walking yeah. is so slow that'll drive you nuts. It was literally that we were just getting so mad at how like uh, like cumbersome it was to do everything. Yeah, but you just gotta like if I was more awake and was more invested in the story. That would have been cool. And I also feel like that game's probably better played with, like, more people than just, like, yourself or maybe one you and one other person. Because it's, like, it's making all the, the, the decisions that, like, makes it so fun. Isn't that, like, the point of the other ones that it is yeah. multiplayer? They, they, added, yeah. they added, like, movie night mode where you can have everybody at the couch. And, well, not anymore because of COVID. But, you yeah. know, yeah. somebody <laughs> picks, like, X, Y, and Z character and the other person picks, like, A, B character. And, yeah, your decisions can fuck over the other guy. That sounds cool. But uh, my friend Daniel played um, the – what was the Man of Madon? Was that the yeah, – yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the one that first implemented that, yeah. Yeah, he told me that the problem with that is that because of that, your character might die in the first five minutes and then you don't get to play the rest of the game. Because <laughs> that's what happened to him and he was just like mad and just like, okay, well, I guess I'm not playing anymore. You guys enjoy the story. That's crazy. I didn't know it worked like that. I thought it was more like everybody just like voted on every uh, like thing that was coming yeah, that, up. Yeah, that's what I thought would, like, too. Pick. But yeah. uh, I didn't realize that people actually played as the different characters. And and the first guy you can get killed is the the celebrity face. I think his name is like Sean Ashmore, the white guy who played the ice guy in X Men. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you oh, can yeah. fuck fuck him over pretty fast. That's probably what Daniel played as. That sounds about right. This is not related <laughs> at all, but it's funny that they that he uh, was cast in the boys as a guy with fire powers. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's I've never, cool. uh, I haven't seen the boys. I've been hearing good things though. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's like it's one of those. So good. I hear it's kind of like uh, my fucking idiot gamer brain is going to reference Lisa the Painful RPG as if anyone knows what that is. Uh, man, I've got yeah, that in my hello. Steam library. Okay. I still need to play that. I, I hear I, it's similar to that, and that it's just like exploring these toxic, shitty asshole characters, yeah. but in like yep. a really poetic kind of way. It's like, what if Superman made you give him a blowjob before he saved <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the boys. It's like what Kanan Lynch like wanted to be, but just sucked yeah, ass. Yeah, at yeah, doing, if you're you know? if you're sick of superhero <laughs> movies, then Dude. this is the the thing to watch. Yeah, the most yeah. mad lad. Thing that came out of Canon Lynch was like the GameSpot situation. The GameSpot. Oh my god! How did I forget about that? Was that Gertzman Gate? Yeah, yeah. How that's how like is, yeah. Giant Bomb pretty much started. Yeah, right? yeah. Giant Bomb was the phoenix that was born from the ashes of Jeff Gertzman's fucking Canon Lynch review. They got him fired. He finally <laughs> got to like open up about that. Like his um uh, NDA would like was expired like a couple of years ago, and then he was on like a thing with uh, Danny O'Dwyer, and they like talked about that he's like nope no yeah that that was the reason i was fired because of that review i gotta look that up yeah i that's that's a big part of the reason why i like giant bomb so much because it like it it was born from the ashes of like telling the truth you know we're getting so much money from this company that we're advertising their game i don't give a fuck i'm gonna tell you what i actually think of it it sucks and then they didn't <laughs> like that so it's like fuck you i'm gonna make my own website i'll say whatever i think sucks sucks and none of you can do anything about it and he's still doing that to this day i love giant bomb Godspeed. All right, we're coming on like an hour 20 on the total recording. You guys want to start winding it down, wrapping it up type deal? God yeah. damn it. It's been, already been that long? Yeah, dude. These things fly wow, out. They we really... Say it's like, they're so fun to just like go and just kind of talk and just wherever it lands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Less interview, more radio show. I bought a Game & Watch. 
I couldn't get a PS5, so I had to get a to get the new cons one of the new consoles. And uh, it can only play three games, and you can't plug in any discs or cartridges to it. And I think it's kind of bad. Hack it. Do it. Anyway, that was, that was this. This is just a bad joke. I'm trying to talk about it like it's a console, <laughs> but it's a collector's item. It is cool though. Like um, being able to whip that thing out and playing through Super Mario. Like yeah, it's Super Mario Brothers. I beat it a billion times. I can yeah, sure. I'm down for jumping through that anytime. Um, it's also a clock. Yeah, it's also a <laughs> clock, which which made a lot more sense back in the time when not everyone had a clock in their pocket, you know, a phone. Yeah. Um, I remember my dad saying one very profound thing to me one day that's definitely profound as fuck. Uh, and he was like, yeah, so funny how my grandfather had a pocket watch. I had a wristwatch. And James, you have a pocket watch. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And I said, wow, dad, you're so smart. That's profound as fuck. If my dad said that, I would walk out of the room. I mean, like, it is kind of like one of those obvious things, but it is kind of cool. Yeah. Shout out, dad. Well, cool, James, man. Thanks thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Uh, is it you over? want to plug where people can find your stuff online? I'm not here to plug myself. Ah. Well, this is Unplugged James. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm a bit full circle. I'm unplugged now. That's no, I'm, uh, I'm on YouTube. It's just Nitro Rad, two words. It's like the shittiest username ever I know. Um, so you should have gone with mine. Then we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, God. Well, the thing is, like, I, if I if I, I could change it, but then, like, the branding still says Nitro Rad in every existing video I made. I've actually been considering doing what uh, John Wolf did and just changing the channel name just to my name, James Lowell. I might do that someday when I start doing stuff other than Nitro Rad. But I don't know. Right now, I just review video games, mostly platformers. I try to go really in depth. I, I don't like just scratching the surface. I like I like people coming out of the, the video like, yeah, I know a lot about this game. You know, I'm going to show the hidden endings. I'm going to show all that shit. I like I like trying to be thorough. Uh, mostly yeah. with platformers and horror games around Halloween season. Love that shit. And if you do too, maybe you'll like watching my dumbass videos about them. Yeah, and you can follow on Twitter also oh at NitroRad. <laughs> my Twitter is like the weirdest thing. Like, I yeah, love. Dude, you can just type like poop and it just goes <laughs> no, viral. Like, it's I just do, like, I, hey, I, butt I, still farting. Like, dude, that, oh that joke with the butt still farting in the video that you then included, yeah, I was like, yeah, oh my God, like, this is meta. This is I great. Love, you created a whole NitroRad metaverse, yeah, essentially. I, I love this idea that people actually think I'm smart. Because I <laughs> because I sat in front of a script for three days, carefully making myself found uh, myself sound smart, and then they follow me on Twitter. They realize I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal, and I'm glad I'm achieving that. People seem to find it funny though. Like, yeah, I'll tweet butt still farting, and then like a week later, I'll I'll retweet that saying still going. <laughs> That's like all my Twitter is. I mean, sometimes I'll actually be like, hey, I was thinking about Sonic today. That'd be cool to review. But most of the time, yeah. I just tweet stupid bullshit because I don't give a shit. Uh, it's a good time, man. It's a good Hell follow yeah. for sure. I think I think life gets better the less seriously you take it, and that's what I strive for. Yeah, man. Always staying positive, always looking at the good side. Hell that's, yeah. That's definitely uh, Hell yeah. what your channel is giving me the vibe of for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. because uh, And thanks for answering my dumb questions. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, yeah. It's, thanks for asking <laughs> them. I, uh, I appreciate that there's humans out there that actually, that I've tricked into thinking I'm an interesting person. So I'm glad I could back that up with something. <laughs> but no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it a lot. It's been really cool. I can't believe that time just like flew by so fast. It's really cool shooting the shit with you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks again for coming yeah, thank on. Thank you yeah, so no much. Problem. Yeah.